Okay, how'd they do, guys? Wasn't that awesome? Okay, boys and girls, you can turn around. So every week, these boys and girls come in, and they are so excited. Aren't you guys? Every week, we get so excited. Miss Bridget needs a drink because I'm kind of parched here. But every week, they come in, and they have hearts that are so excited. And we have a lot of fun. And I need my other bag of tricks over here, guys. Yeah, Miss Bridget always has a bunch of fun things in my bag. I'm kind of like Mary Poppins in that way, I like to say, aren't I, guys, sometimes? But so we, um, in the fall, we learned about who the Holy Spirit was. We learned about um, that he is an awesome part of the Trinity. And we learned about his symbols. And we also learned about that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, can't we? And hinder him. And so we want to do everything we can as a church and as a body to make sure that we are not grieving and hindering the Holy Spirit. And then this spring, we've learned that the Holy Spirit brings what? What does he bring? He brings gifts, right? And, and those gifts... And so, and then we also learned about the fruit of the spirit. We learned that we have uh, a spirit man versus a what? A flesh, a flesh man. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we learned also how to what? How to what? Listen to the Holy Spirit. We learned how to listen to the Holy Spirit and what that's like. So you guys, you're going to get a taste of all of those things this morning. All right. And we hope, and then these boys and girls have also, they have memorized 11 verses this spring. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And, And so I had five brave volunteers who were willing to share with you at least five of those scriptures. So they're going to do that this morning too. So, Kale, Kale is going to start us off with our theme verse. Kale, you want to go ahead and stand up here? All right, Kale. Remember, slow, turn around. Okay. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke eleven thirteen. Good job, Kale. Good job. That's awesome. So how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right. So we started off and we talked for about seven weeks about all of those spiritual gifts that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. He gives, God wants to give us good gifts, right? And the Holy Spirit is one of those. And through him, he gives us each at least one gift when we accept him as our savior. And, and then we learned that he can give us even more gifts if we just ask. So we're going to talk about that, about his gifts. And um, question. So as we're thinking about these gifts, okay, we're going to talk about them and see how many of them they memorize. So we had all these cute little boxes. And you can't see, but they have a picture on it to remind them of some of these gifts. Okay, so I'm going to hold up a box, and you guys... You guys yell it out if you know what that gift is. Knowledge. What? Knowledge. 
Knowledge. Wisdom. Wisdom. So that's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Okay. Okay. Can I see this one? Okay. Shepherd. Yes. Shepherd. Pastor. Okay. It's one of his gifts. Ooh, what's this one? Let's see for someone over here. You don't know that one. You can't remember that one. You guys remember that one? Praying. Yes. Intercessory prayer and faith. Yes. Okay. It's been a while since we've done these. Oh, okay. Isaac says he remembers this one. Leadership. Leadership is a spiritual gift. Okay. Oh. Okay. Anybody remember this one? Oh, Natara does. Um to um to know like um good and evil spirits okay the discerning of spirits to know what good from evil spirits okay all right oh guys remember this one i'm gonna give you a paul was one of these apostle apostle okay good okay all right oh Okay, guys, remember this one on this side? Oh, Hannah does. Okay. Teacher. 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 Okay. All right. Ooh, here's this one. Okay, you guys remember this one? Okay. Okay. Colin remembers this one? Speak. Speak. Okay. It's one of those speaking gifts. They call it... Yes, yes. Hey, that's pretty good, Xander. Xander's only had one week of us. Okay, so speaking in tongues. Okay. Okay, and here's one that goes with that. Oh, wait. Yep. Jante, he got it. He just said it, but it was interpreting of those tongues. Okay, interpretation. Okay. Oh, here's one. Do you remember that one, Elsie? <gasps> yes. Oh, I, you guys got to hear it because it sounds so sweet. Helping other people. Helping. The gifts of helping. Gifts of helping and serving. Okay. Healing. The gifts of healing. Okay. Okay, we only got four, a few more. There's a lot of gifts, isn't there? There is a lot of gifts, okay? Ooh, Kill, or Colin thinks he knows. Sharing. Sharing, sharing what? Food. Bible. Sharing the Bible, and we call that a big word, evangelist. So a missionary evangelist, okay? Ooh, what is this one? Okay, let's see. Somebody, Bear thinks he knows this one. Okay, he hasn't said one. Good. What? Good. Encourage. Encourage, yes. We need cheerleaders, don't we, guys, in the church? We need those to encourage one another. 
Whoops. I think I gave that one away. You got this one? Love. Love. One of them. Love. Gifts of. Gifts of. Oh, well, that's another one. We're getting there. Gifts of what? I forgot. Three different gifts. Healing. Nope, not that one. Remember this? Mercy. Okay. Okay. Mercy. You're supposed to raise your hand before you yell it. Okay. What, what else? Did you say gifts um, of mercy, gifts of kindness, kindness, gifts of mercy, gifts of kindness, love. We had three and one on that one. Okay. Well, we just kept coming up with gifts. We noticed as we studied God's word, we just learned that there was, so, you know, it, it lists nine gifts at, and then it lists five ministries of the spirit. We notice that there's so many other gifts that, that just come alive throughout Scripture, and we see working in the body every day. Okay. All right. Here's another one. Let's see if somebody on this side. You guys remember this one? What, what's being done in those pictures? You guys remember? You think? Okay. Miracles. Miracles. Wondrous acts and miracles. And then our final one that we studied was, oh, you know that one? You think you know that one? Okay. You think you know that one, Jacob? Anybody who hasn't said anyone? Okay, Asher. Let's get Asher because I think, I think Asher said one, but maybe. Priest. Priest. Not quite. We are all priests. Elsie thinks she remember this one. Okay. I'm stepping all over you guys. Shepherding. Shepherd? No, we already said that one. It starts with a P. Prophet. Prophet. Prophecy and prophet. Yes. Yes. Oh, the hand. Okay. So those are all the multiple gifts of the spirit that we studied. I know there's more out there and, and such, but those are the gifts that we studied. And question, boys and girls, when you get a gift on Christmas morning, do you just hold that gift, like hang out with that gift on your lap? No, Cohen says he does, but I bet you his mom and dad says, no, he doesn't. He probably rips into that gift faster than anybody. Yes, you want to open up that gift, right? And we talked about a gift that Kale got, right, at Christmas time. Guys, remember what, what gift was that? What is that? Asher, do you remember what this gift is? A fly rod. A fly rod. Any fly fishermen out there besides my family? I don't know. So, so we know. So, Kale said, you know, when you get a fly rod, it's not just the easiest thing to learn at first. You have to take it out. You have to put it together. And then, what do you have to do with that? Uh, go fishing? You, you have to go fishing. Yeah, but the first time that you use that gift, does it always feel super, did it, does it feel like it was just so easy? No, it was really hard. It was, it was really what? It was really hard. It was really hard, actually, the first time that you used that gift. Did it feel a little, 
did it feel awkward at all? Um, yes. Yeah, I kind of find, and it felt a little awkward because he wasn't used to. And sometimes, sometimes we, when God gives us a gift, it might not feel super easy to use because you know what? He wants us to rely on him to work through us. And so just as we open up a gift and we learn and, and, and practice with that gift, it, it's, it's going to take us actually walking it out in faith and practicing that gift and studying it and learning more about, okay, do I do a, do I do the line like this? Cause we know that's harder, right? Kale to fly fish like this, or do we roll cast? In certain, in certain scenarios. So we learn how to use that gift better, don't we? Okay. All right. And Cohen has a scripture that we memorized about why. Why do we have spiritual gifts? Okay, Cohen, why don't you come on up here and share that, bit, that verse, okay? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. First Peter 4.10. Mm. Good job, Cohen. So, boys and girls, why do we have these gifts from God? What? To serve others. To serve others. And do you know why? What We are to serve the body with our gifts. And another reason is when, when things like miraculous wonders happen, when people speak words of prophecy or words of wisdom and knowledge, does that help build our faith? Does that strengthen our faith that God is a God of supernatural wonders and miracles, right? So it strengthens our faith. And when, when people who don't know Jesus, when they see those gifts operating, they come to know Jesus too. It brings them to place to understand Jesus. Now, one other thing about gifts here. Okay, you guys see my Mr. Potato Man? Okay. All right. Now, you guys all know Mr. Potato Man. He, Mr. Potato Head, I guess. He's got lots of parts to him, right? What would happen? What would happen to Mr. Potato Man if... Oh, he, well, it was the only lips I could find, Jaunte. Okay. So, all right. So, I, yeah, I don't know what happened to the boy lips in our Mr. Potato Head bag, but... He's kind of got luscious lips, all right? So what would happen if Mr. Potato Head lost an arm or didn't have an arm? What would happen, Jacob, if he didn't have, a, if he didn't have this arm? Uh, he couldn't pick up anything. He, he couldn't pick up anything, guys. He'd have trouble with that. Right, what happened if he lost this ear? What would happen? Oh, wait, that one's a hard ear to. What? What would happen if he lost this ear? He would lose some of his ability to hear. He would lose some of his ability to hear. So, church, do you think that God has? He given us all gifts. If we are not using our gifts, if we are not walking in the Spirit. Using those gifts, we are like Mr. Potato Head. We are without an arm. We are without an ear. We are without a leg. We are walking around crippled as a church. 
So we need to do what? We need to what? Find out what our gift is. Boys and girls, how do we, how do we, we're like, okay. This is one of Miss Bridget's favorite sports here, right? Okay, what is it? What is it? Yell it out for me. I won't break out my skills here, but well, I, I just grabbed whatever old one I had at home. Okay. So when, when you think about a basketball team, you might have one person on there who's kind of a star, right? Yeah. They make a lot of the points and, and make a lot of layups, right? But who helps them make those points? Their what? Their team. Their team. So when we look at those spiritual gifts, you know, whether it's wonders, healing, prophecy, shepherd, some of those gifts that we might, we might as humans elevate. But God, God says we need the whole team together. We need to be using all of our gifts, right, Jacob? All of our gifts. Because if not, we aren't going to be able to work as a team and we're not going to be able to win, are we? Win in the kingdom. So we need to be using all of our gifts. All right. And so we talked about who gives us our gifts. The, the, what? Say it really loud. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It says... It is the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He is the one who gives us our gifts. And we learn from our theme verse, Luke eleven thirteen, that we are to, what are we? Ask. We are to ask for those gifts. And, and you know what? We can take some tests to learn what our gifts are. But you know what the best way is to learn what our gifts are? It is. To what? To pray and ask God. And we can also ask, can we ask our parents or our teachers that they might see gifts in us that we don't always see, right? I know that's the way it is. Okay. Now for this next little lesson, we need a volunteer, don't we guys? Don't we need a volunteer? Who do you think, who do you think looks like an awesome volunteer out there? Or who wants to be a volunteer? Oh, Oliver wants to be a volunteer. Guys, let's say Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. Okay. All right. Okay, Oliver. Okay, Oliver, stand right over here. Yeah. I, I promise it won't be as, as gross as the last one. Okay. All right. He's like, whew. All right. Okay. So, Oliver, we learned about that we have, we have a spirit man inside of us. When we ask Jesus into our life, right? He gives us the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? But the Bible says that we also have this, we call him this ugly, this ugly man, the, what did, what did you say? Flesh monster. We have the flesh monster. We do. So we have this flesh monster. We'll put him right here that the Bible says wages war inside of us. It's kind of like, 
flesh over here, spirit man over here, right? And we'll, we have a little, the fire of the Holy Spirit to, to um, symbolize our spirit man, okay? Now, all right, I'm going to read you a couple scriptures. We're going to use these rocks. This is the things of our flesh. So every time you hear something of the flesh, put it in where? Where's he supposed to put it in? In, in the flesh monster. Okay. And anytime you hear something of the spirit man, I want you to put it in our spirit bucket. Okay. All right. We'll get Mr. Potato Head out of the way here. Okay. All right. There we go. Okay, guys. And we'll see if he does it right. Okay. You guys pay attention and see if he puts them in the right ones. Okay. So I'm going to read a couple verses. This is Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what the flesh wants. Those who live according to the spirit wants and set their minds on the spirit. The mind of the flesh is death. The mind of the spirit is life and peace. Ooh, he's doing good so far. The mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't do what God's word says, and it can't please God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, The acts of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, wild living, worshiping other gods. There's, there's lots of ones here. If you're doing witchcraft, hating. Keep putting those things in there, okay? Keep going, mister. <laughs> Being angry and jealous, making people angry with each other, causing divisions amongst each other, being envious, drunk. And other passage of scripture says the flesh is lies, cunning, misleading, deceitful, lustful, cheating, complaining. And it says things like, no one will know. Everyone does it. You are only human. Just this once. Those are kind of the things that the flesh says. Now the spirit man, and I'm going to paraphrase here from Galatians 5, 22 through 25 and Romans 8, 5 through 8 and 1 Peter 5, 8. It says that the life of the spirit is life, righteousness, abundant Wants what God wants. Good, you're doing great. We might have to sign you up for the basketball team. Knows and obeys God's word. Follows God's word. Is selfless. Cares for others. Is peaceful. Joy. Patient. Kind. Giving. Self-controlled. Loving. Gentle. Good. Is prayerful. Is sober-minded. And is watchful. Guys, did he do good or what? Wow. Okay. Okay. Now what we want you to do, Oliver, is we want you to pick up those buckets. Okay. Now, oh, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. so, so, so Oliver, tell us which one of those buckets is heavier to hold flesh bucket the flesh bucket so if you had to carry around that flesh would it be kind of uh 
to carry it around all the time with you, would it be a little bit of burdensome? Kind of annoying. Kind of annoying. Okay. Yeah, you might be kind of annoying if you carry around your flesh all the time, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, what about that bucket full of the Spirit? And he says it's pretty light. Pretty light. So that's what, that's the kind of life that God wants us to have. He wants us a life full of the Spirit because it makes, we are lighthearted. We are full of him. You guys are doing great. Okay, you can set those down. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Oliver. Give him a good hand. Okay, DJ has our next verse for us. Okay, stand up here, DJ. And he's going to tell us a little bit about how do we feed, what do we need to do to keep this spirit man inside of us, okay? Walk by the spirit and you will not do what your flesh wants. Galatians 5.16. Okay, so what are we supposed to do, guys? What are we supposed to do, Savannah and Jacob? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to what? Walk by the, walk by the spirit. Okay, go to mom. She'll help you. Okay, so we're supposed to walk by the spirit. And how, how do we, remember we talked about feeding our flesh, or, or feeding our flesh. We either feed our flesh or we feed our spirit. So what do we do to feed our spirit? Give me some things you might do to feed your spirit. Serve others with your gifts. Serve others. Okay. What's the other way we feed our spirit? Um, you can do um, things to be good. You can do things to be good. Okay. What else? What else? I'm going to give you a clue here. Be kind. Okay. Be kind. What else? We have to do some things that help feed our spirit. Cohen. Bible. Bible. We have to read God's word because then we know what is truth, right? What else do we need to do? Pray. We can pray. What are we doing right now? What are we doing right now? Asher. Okay. Hit a moment. We are all what? What are we all, Isaac? Worshiping God. Yes, we're all here together. We need, to, we need to make sure we are together. And we are going to church and we are lifting one another up. Because we also need to do that. Okay, so then we also learned about... What did we learn about? We learned about... Ooh, here's my... Oh, guys. The, what did we learn about, Xander? We learned about the fruit of the Spirit. So we have fruit that comes... Now listen. Oh, I bet you guys want to eat this fruit, don't you? They say this is plastic. We, we don't want to eat this, Miss Bridget. It's plastic. It's fake, right? So we, we, talked, about, we talked about just last week that, that there is people that have fruit coming out of their lives that's kind of like this plastic fruit bear, isn't it? It's, it's fake. It, they might talk one thing, but their actions are another. We want to have, what kind of fruit do we want to have? Remember that yummy fruit salad we made last week? We want to have good fruit. Isaac and Hannah have a scripture that they've memorized. Why don't you guys come right? Okay. Okay, here we go. Stand right here. Okay, are you ready? Okay. They're going to talk about what kind of fruit we want. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. 
Patience, kindness, goodness. Patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Gentleness. Self-control. Self-control. Where is it found at, Isaac? Galatians, I'm not take it. 5, 22. Good job. So these boys and girls know what the fruit of the Spirit is, isn't it? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We need to have that kind of fruit just flowing out of us so that we, when, so that we cause other people to be hungry for Him. Now, our last thing, boys and girls, that we learned about was what? Oh, Miss Bridget's going to get her, her fun, my fun hat. Okay, hold on. What, 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 monkey, oh, I'm a monkey, okay, no, what are these, these are ears, these are really big ears, so we learned about how can we listen to the Holy Spirit, okay, so, all right, so we've got, what is this, guys? It's a traffic light, okay? All right. So we learn that hearing the Holy Spirit, what does that look like in our lives? We learned that we used a traffic light to show us that sometimes hearing the Holy Spirit is not just a voice. It is a feeling a lot of times. And so we learned, okay, how can we learn to feel and trust and hear the Holy Spirit? So we talked about, Hold on here. Let me get my first light. What's the first light? A red light. What happens when you see a red light? It means to stop. Stop what you're doing. Yes. Stop what you're doing. Oh, whoops. You know what? We forgot one of our verses. Natara, will you come up here and say that verse? Because this is about hearing. Okay. All right. You see our verse. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. John ten twenty seven. Good. So we are like sheep and we need to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. Now, whole, boys and girls, who did we learn about in the Bible? He was a little boy. He was in the temple. It was at night. What was his name? And he was learning how to hear the voice voice of God. Who was it, Isaac? Samuel. Samuel was learning to hear the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Lord. And that's why it's so important for us to know that. Okay, so we learn the first light is in our, in our gut. It was, it's, a, it's a red light. It tells us to stop. Okay, so when you... so oh, oh, Stop sign says to stop. It's a warning feeling. It's God saying, stop. I might even save your life. You need to listen to me and stop what you're doing. And sometimes it's kind of like in our gut. It says that our, it says, Jesus says that we have this inner man that's inside of us. That's what the spirit is. He's our inner man. And he Yes. And so sometimes, what does that red light feel like? We got a scratchy pad for all of you. Do, do you guys like this scratchy pad? 
Would, do you want it to just rub it all over your face? Oh, it's scratchy. That would not be good, right? You might, you might, you might get a rash, Natara said. Yeah. So sometimes when we feel a, a red light, it feels like the scratchy pad. It doesn't feel good inside of us. The flesh, man, it doesn't feel good. It hurts. It's not good. Or what is this? A knot. How many of you had that knot in your stomach? You're in a situation and you're like, oh, I don't feel good. This is not good. That's the Holy Spirit saying, stop, listen, stop what you're doing. Okay? Trouble is ahead. And we need to learn to listen to God's voice. Right? Now we have another light here. Let's see. Okay. What's that light? Yellow light. A yellow light means what? Slow down. Caution. God wants you to make decisions to slow down in what you're doing. All right? And do you think that God ever wants us to be confused? No. It says that God in 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says God is not a spirit of confusion. He's not a spirit of disorder or turmoil. He's one of harmony and of peace. So what does peace look like? Ooh, here's, here's a good one. What's peace look like? What's peace look like? What is this? What is this, Asher? A towel. Well, no. A blank. A blanket. We all have loveys at home. A blanket. The Holy Spirit... A green light, giving us a green light, is like us holding on something that's comforting, peaceful. You guys are doing so good, right? Yes. I'm going to take off my ears for just a minute because now I can hear better, believe it or not. Okay. So sometimes we need to get stuff out, don't we? We need to get stuff out so we can hear the, whole, the Holy Spirit better. Sometimes the Holy Spirit... For, for us, to, the, having peace is like sitting beside a beautiful stream, experiencing God. We can hear him in his creation, can't we? We can hear him in a good, in a good music, good, good song. Now, hold on here. Green. I forgot to put green. Yeah. Green means what? Green means go. Green means, it means that things are good. It's safe. And it's, it's, it says in the Bible in Isaiah 55, 12, it says you will go out in joy and you will be led forth by peace. Okay. The Holy Spirit wants us to have his peace. Yes. Now, hold on. There's one more thing that we're going to talk about. Now, do you think that that the, that the Lord says that he doesn't want us to feel pressured from other people to do something. That is many times the voice of the flesh wanting us to do something or our enemy, Satan. It says in Job 33, 7, you certainly don't need to be terrified of me. I won't put too much pressure on you. But we learned. Oh, I need one more, one more volunteer. I kind of forgot about this. I know we're going long. Sorry, guys. I hope you're. I need one more volunteer. Who wants to come up here? Mr. Keith, come here. We're going to get Mr. Keith up here one way or another. Okay. 
It's, it's only death, not mustard. Okay, Mr. Keith, I want you to tie that around your waist. Okay? Like, just a little tied, yeah. In a knot? Or? Yeah, well, just, yeah. Don't make it too hard. Just kind of. That's probably a good idea. Maybe a little bit more. You need a little more. We want you a little more secure in that. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, Mr. Keith, we learned that God, when we, when, that God draws us to him. He doesn't ever push us, that, that the enemy, he pushes us, he yanks us around trying to get us to, to do what he wants us to do. I hope you guys are listening to her. She's giving you good stuff. Okay. This is good. <laughs> okay. So, so the Holy Spirit, God, he gently, oh, gently draws us to him, doesn't he, guys? He gently draws us to him and pulls us close to him to share with us what he wants to share with us. He's not, he's not a rude God. No, he's not a rude God. He's not pushing us shoving us around and saying, go do this, Mr. Keith, go do that. No, you're about to come undone. Uh-huh. He, he says, I want to draw you close to me. So we know that one way is we know that God is a gentleman and he always pulls us gently towards him, just like two magnets when they come together. So that's another way that we can hear God's voices. We know that he, he's a gentleman. He pursues us that way. Thank you, Mr. Keith. All right. And one couple other ways that we talked about how we hear God's word or how we hear his voice is through his word. He, he, his word never, never leads us astray. And if something or somebody tells us something that goes against it, then we know that that's not of God. And so we need to know God's word, right, boys and girls? We need to know it. And what other ways did we learn about how God speaks to us? What were some other ways? You guys remember? And this is our final thing. What were some other ways? Elsie thinks she remembers. Okay. Through prayer. Through prayer. Okay, what's another way? I forgot. Okay. Through dreams. Through dreams. God speaks to us through our dreams. What else? Find a quiet place and listen. Oh, that's some very good instruction. Find a quiet place and listen. What else? The Bible. The Bible, yes. That we also learn in the Bible, God shows us through his people that he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through dreams, visions, and prayer. And so when, what should we do if God wakes up us in the middle of the night like he did Samuel? What should we do? What should we do? Listen. We should listen. And we might even write down that dream, right? And we might pray about it. It says to test the spirit. God wants us listening to him, doesn't he, boys and girls? He wants us to say, just like Samuel, here I am, Lord. I'm ready to listen. Right. Right. Boys and girls, you have done an excellent job this morning. I want you to to give yourself a hand. All right. Very good. All right. It has been so fun to be able to teach these kiddos on Wednesday nights. And I have a great team. 
that has done um, that has done a great job at helping me. And uh, we are looking for. We have one more week where we're going to have a party, our Holy Spirit party. That so we're going to do that next week. But boys and girls, why don't you go ahead and sit down with your parents? And I'm going to share a couple more things, and Mr. Adam is going to come up. So as Adam comes up, I was struck this, this week as we were reading from the book of Joshua and, um, you know, that the Lord said, um, let me read it. Judges two ten through 12. Let me just read that. After those people had died. So after the Israelites who had traveled in the desert, And they had seen God's wondrous things after they died. Their children grew up. They did not know the Lord or what he had done for Israel. So what did they do? They did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they worshipped false gods. They did what the Lord said was wrong. And the Lord brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. But the, and the Israelites quit following God. They began to worship other gods of those who lived around him. That just hit me in the gut. Because why, why is it so important that we teach our kids to listen to God? Why is it important that we teach them to, um, to study his word and to know it? to feed their spirit man and not their flesh man to have experiences in their own faith and not build their faith off of their parents faith but to have their own experiences of faith because if we don't we need to heed the warning and judges that they will forget So that is why I'm so passionate on Wednesday nights to teach these kids to experience the supernatural awesomeness of God, to experience him in a personal way, to encourage them as they hear the spirit and they say, Miss Bridget, this is what happened when I prayed for this person to encourage them to pray big prayers to encourage them to listen to the Holy Spirit because I want them to have their own faith and I want them to follow God all of their days and to walk in truth even when it's hard to walk against what what is in our culture and so um, and to pray that they would armor up every day they do not have a junior Holy Spirit And so, also, I just want to challenge you as mom and dads, grandmas and grandpas, others sitting out here. If you are not experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you are not hearing his voice, what does our theme verse say? You must only do what? Ask. Ask. 
And I can tell you, it has been an incredible journey. This past two years as I have personally studied the Holy Spirit. And he's given me new giftings as I've searched him. And he's blessed me abundantly. This life as a believer is not boring. And if it is boring and you're saying, Lord, I'm, this is boring. Then go to him. Take those doubts, those questions. He will show up. He will. And he, and he will bless you. Thank you for praying for these boys and girls. Thank you for volunteering. And as Adam comes up to speak and share a little bit more, we're going way over, I apologize. But as he comes up to share just a little bit about what is going on in the book of Judges, remember that warning and that challenge to make your relationship with the Lord personal and to teach those around you to hear his spirit. All right. Thank you, Bridget. Okay. So, like Bridget said, we are uh, we're going a little long, but there was just uh, some other stuff that we I really wanted to touch on this morning uh, because we actually have a very unique opportunity. Um, everyone knows, obviously, we just went through judges. Right? So uh, this is uh, kind of a recap, but the also, also the really cool thing is, is we get to see how Judges fits within Joshua and within Ruth and with all of the rest of the history books of the Bible, this section of the Bible that we're getting ready to go into. So th- this is the cool part, right? So we are not going to dive into like individual stories of the judge, of judge and everything. We went through that, right? Everyone remembers one of the big phrases of judges, right? Everyone did what was right in their own eyes, right? That was like one of the big themes with judges, right? And it just started this cycle of corruption that just kept going and kept going and kept going, right? And it just kept getting worse and worse. Every judge, every judge kept getting worse. But like I said, this is the really cool thing we get to do. This cycle that we see in judges didn't start in judges. It started at the end of Joshua, right? Because every time there was a leader that passed away, that was like this next level of corruption and evil that started. Well, the last leader that we see that right before this all started was Joshua. Okay? And we see that at the end of Joshua, we see Joshua 24, 31. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders. So not just Joshua, but all the people he directly influenced. Okay? So all of that generation, not just Joshua, who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. All right? So that was like the last, like, big leader, okay? And then in Judges 2 verses 10, or verse, verse 10, we see the, the story of the death of Joshua one more time, but with an added nugget. And Bridget kind of already touched on this, okay? And all that generation all also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose <clears throat> excuse me, another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Okay? Bridget already kind of started this. I want to keep this going. This concept of this cycle of corruption that we see in Judges starts like that. Relatively. When we talk about the timeline and the overall narrative of the Bible, we're talking about something that happens rather quick. (laughs) Okay? 
So we have the generation of Joshua, everyone he directly influences, okay? And then we have the very next generation. And it starts all of this, okay? That's a big deal on how quickly things can just turn on its head. And you, you, can, you can blame it on many different things, okay? You can blame it on uh, bad discipleship. You can blame it on stubborn millennials, whatever you want to stand on, okay? But things happen rather quickly. And, the, and the, here's the thing. The Lord and the work that he had done for Israel. They did not know the work he had done for Israel. They did not know the work that he'd done for Israel. What does that mean? They weren't taught it. We have a banner in our church on this wall. And one thing that we focus on a lot is the idea is, one, Jesus has all authority. The second thing we like to focus on is the fact that he is with us always. The third thing, and this is what we're learning here, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I think we have a tendency to skip that middle part, <laughs> right? We like to focus on the ideas like, well, Jesus is in charge, so therefore I don't have to worry about stuff, and he's with me always, so there's going to be a piece of it. No, there's a job we have to do. One of the most fruitful parts of this church is our children's and youth ministry. It really is. It's one of the most fruitful parts of this, of this particular church body, okay? And we have a great team together that does that kind of thing. We have great, you know, process. Like I said, we have a great team and processes and all of these um, lesson plans that we come up with. Everything, Bridget and Carrie and uh, Keith and every, you know, everything like that. Uh, Tissue over at Youth, they do a great job. But if there's, if we remember one major phrase from Joshua, which was Yahweh saves, we're teaching them all that He has commanded. Not our processes. Not our, all of those are great mechanisms to get the message across. But we have to teach them what he commands. We have to teach them the word. We have to teach them what he has done. We have to teach them. Or else you have verses 11 and 12 in Judges 2. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Verse 12. And they abandoned the Lord the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among other gods of the people who were around them. There was a void. And when it comes to things like this, voids are always filled. And it's our job as a church to fill those voids, to fill those next generations with what the word teaches. Or else they will fill them themselves. In this particular instance, they were surrounded by these influences of other gods. They may serve Yahweh, but you know, like, yeah, I'm serving Yahweh, but you know what? I really need to feed my family, and this God does that for me. I really need to, you know, have help getting pregnant or whatever, so this God helps me with that. And they start intermixing and intermarrying and diluting everything like that. Just as a concept, who's, who drinks coffee? Any coffee drinkers? Coffee drinkers? Okay. Where are my foo-foo whipped cream, chocolate sprinkles, ice cream, whatever, with the dash of coffee drinkers? Who are those people? Don't lie. Okay. Right? Be proud. Be proud. 
You don't drink coffee. <laughs> okay? You don't drink coffee. What you drink, you're, you're going to hate this, right? You drink a judge's coffee. That's what you drink. Okay? Now, hear me out. Hear me out. All right? <laughs> what, what, what happens with this generation? Okay? We're, I'm, I'm trying to hurry, guys. I really am. All right? But what happens with this generation? All right? If you ask any of the, like, the snobby coffee drinkers, okay, the people who go out and they try to find the perfect way to brew coffee, like, do you, do you know there's only like 20 different ways to brew coffee in your kitchen? Right? David has like five of them. Okay, but you, so you have like, I, it's just not a sermon if I don't call you out with something, man. You know, so, you know, okay. Um, but I mean, you, you have the pour over, which basically looks like an hourglass with the top chopped off of it, and you pour the hot water in, okay. Um, you can do it like from a kettle. You have a French press and other types of presses. And then you have this really cool thing called a vacuum siphon, which is another cool way. Me, I have a Mr. Coffee. <laughs> That's what I have, okay. Um, I'm not a fancy guy, all right. I, I thought it was super fancy because this one has a timer, that, that's, that was really cool, you know? So that way I can make the coffee before, which I guess it doesn't really save any time. Whatever. Okay. Um, anyways, so you have all these different ways to perfect the flavor of coffee. And I don't know if you realize this, but naturally coffee is bitter and highly caffeinated, right? That, that's the natural state of coffee, which is one of the reasons why you never trust decaffeinated coffee. Um, because they're obviously doing something to that bean chemically that is wrong, Okay, <laughs> adulterated. That's what that is. Never, never trust decaffeinated coffee. But anyway, that, that, that's what it is, right? In its natural form. But because we live in America, everything has to have sugar, right? So you start adding sugar, and then that's enough. So then you have to add cream, and then you have to add sprinkles, and then ice cream, and then whatever else you want to add to your coffee, okay? Then all of a sudden, what you have is this huge conglomerate of flavors with a hint of coffee, right? And that's exactly what this generation does, right? They pull in all of these different types of flavors and things from the gods around them with a hint of Yahweh. And that's what you have. And that's what we get with this generation because they're going to fill this void. They're going to fill up their coffee cup that much for Yahweh because that's how much they were taught. And then they're going to start filling that cup up with other stuff. And that's why it's so important Everything we do on Wednesday nights, the children's ministries on Sunday morning, all of that is so important because they're going to dilute it. They're going to dilute it. They're going to forget. Right? That's the other big, big phrase of judges. They forgot God. They forgot who he was. They forgot what he did. They forgot God. So I'm trying to finish up here because there's three major phrases in Judges. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They forgot God. Does everyone remember the third one? <laughs> Here's a hint. So Judges 17 introduces to the third phrase. There was no king in Israel. There was no leader. Society had fallen to the wayside. Their culture was kind of dismantling itself. There was no leader. Like Joshua was, was the last leader, right? There was no king 
in Israel. But we have a king that told us everything we need to do. And that includes teaching. It includes that. And he knew we weren't going to get it right. Just like Moses, whenever he was tell, uh, teaching the Israelites right before they entered the promised land, he goes, you guys are going to mess this up. And Jesus knew we were going to mess this up. That's why he had to come to begin with. He knew that my sin and your sin, everything, the corruption was just going to continue and he is the best chance we got. He took all of that corruption and all of our diluted coffee, so to speak, and he hung it on a cross. That's what he did for us. But often we forget that he is enough. We forget God. And as I close here, that's one thing I want to kind of hit home is this idea that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And I know we say, that, that's probably something we say up here a lot, but also, you, you, maybe you hear that a lot. It's like, what does that even mean? Jesus is enough. Something I want to encourage us all this next week, remind somebody, because, you know, Israelites, they forgot God. So remind someone of God. Remind somebody of the gospel. Remind somebody that Jesus is enough. And here are three great ways to do that. Okay? Jesus is enough to save us. Hebrews 10, 14. For by a single offering, him, just him, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Through Jesus alone, we are being perfected. Nothing else is needed. Nothing else needs to be added. Just him. Jesus is enough to provide for us. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours, even if you don't agree with it. Provision is a weird thing. Because sometimes you're being provided for and you either disagree with it or you don't like it. But he's doing it. According to his riches in the glory of Christ Jesus. And Jesus is enough to bless us. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Forget the G. <laughs> but in heavenly places. These are three very practical, easy ways that you can remind somebody that Jesus is enough. The gospel is enough. And as we start our response time, we're going to leave this up for just a little bit longer. Either write this down, whatever you need to do, okay? Like I said, these are just three great practical ways to remind someone of God. Remind someone that Jesus is enough. Because that's what the Israelites did, right? They forgot God. They forgot all that he did. But at the very least, here at Memorial, we're not going to forget. We're not going to forget what God does. We're not going to forget that Jesus is enough, that the gospel is enough. Because we're going to remind one another. Right? We're going to encourage one another. We're going to include one another. That's what we're going to do. So we have Joshua, Judges, and then next week we're going to have Ruth. And the really cool thing about Ruth is it actually takes place the same time as Judges. Actually, the opening verse of Ruth says, in the time of the judges. So it dates itself. Not much, uh, uh, figuring that out is not, not hard, right? It's, it's right? it's right there. But the point is, is we get a very different story in Ruth. We have, we have judges, which is nothing but corruption and this, uh, you know, all, all the sin and stuff like that. But then you get to Ruth, and we're going to find that actually it's a beautiful story of redemption. So we get to learn about that next week. But this week, reminding ourselves that Jesus is enough. And he commands us to teach.
because we're going to forget. The next generation might forget. And we're going to start this all over again. <laughs> uh, if you want to stand as we close the service. Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. Jesus believed, the first thing he taught was, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus truly believed that it was all done through him. Jesus is all we need. He has all authority. He is with us always. Church, I'm, I'm pleading with you this week. We get in these moments where, where Jesus is kind of what we need. <laughs> But then if you were to look at the patterns of your life, they don't actually communicate all authority has been given to Jesus, that, that, that he's with you always. And this isn't me saying, look, you guys are messing all this up. That's not the point. Take the ball. Jesus' hand to you. His spirit is in you. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have received power. And so this week, the, what, what, what makes people in our city, what makes people in the world come to know Jesus isn't uh, Miss Bridget giving the best message we've ever heard at church or Adam giving the best message. There's no silver bullets in Christianity. King Jesus was it. That's it. And his spirit is in you. So I'm begging you this week, pray for someone that you know that doesn't know Jesus. I can't go to your school, into your math class, and tell your friends about King Jesus. I'm not there. I can't go to your work. I don't hang out with your grandkids. I don't hang out with your son or daughter, right? Maybe I do, but uh, I don't hang out with a lot of you. That's not just on Adam. It's on us as a church. So I'm asking you this week just simply to pray. Because if the Spirit's in us, this isn't just a message to have Mr. Potato Head and Bridget tell us about the Holy Spirit. This is a message that ripples out. Judges serves as a microcosm to let us know this is what happens when you don't follow what God has told you, to love him. And we have that ability through King Jesus. So I'm encouraging you this week, as the Holy Spirit moves right now and lays someone on your mind, pray for them this week. Pray that they would know King Jesus and pray for your responsibility in letting them know who Jesus is. Maybe that's simply this week asking them this question, hey, how can I pray for you? I'm connected to the God who is bringing all things right through King Jesus. How can I pray for you? Maybe that's your thing this week. But I pray that God would continue to use us as he said he would to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as is in heaven. Let's pray. God, as we go out filled with your spirit, we pray that you would continue to fill us as, as you tell us we've received power and that we'll be your witnesses, prophets and priests in your name. God, beyond all those words and trying to figure out what that means, I ask that you would guide us in your spirit, that we would see that power and that movement in your name, Jesus, that we would be filled with your gifts, that, that we would speak and prophesy and, and, and teach and shepherd and love and, and have uh, healings. God, we ask for all these things in the name of King Jesus. May you guide each of us this week to connect with those who don't know you. To, to share your truth with them, to invite them here so we could grow as one body. Father, keep it in our minds. Jesus has all authority. Jesus is with us always, and that we want to teach the things that Jesus has taught us. May your spirit remind us of all things, teach us all things, bring to memory all the things Jesus taught us. God, we pray that as your body, we would see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your spirit in us. May we walk in the power of King Jesus through your spirit. Amen.